Glory to Jesus Christ. Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish presents Light of the East, a program revealing how the Eastern Catholic Churches have nourished the Roman Catholic Churches and today's world in profound ways through their histories, traditions, mysteries, and spirituality. Hello, I am Father Thomas J. Loya, pastor of Annunciation of the Mother of God Byzantine Catholic Church in Homer Glen, Illinois. And this is a story of the Eastern Churches, an inspiring story of faith, courage, intrigue, mystery, spirituality, dissension, and reconciliation. But most of all, this is an expression of a great experience of faith through our unique divine liturgy. Join with me now as we look toward the Light of the East. Light of the East is also supported by Eastern Christian Publications, where you can find the prayers of the Catholic Byzantine Daily Office at ecpubs.com and by easternchristianmedia.com, a broadband network for you to learn more about the Eastern Catholic Churches. That's easternchristianpublications.com. Glory to Jesus Christ. Welcome to Light of the East. I'm Father Thomas Lawyer, your host. Well, we're certainly well into the month of November, and maybe it's the fall colors. Maybe it's the shorter days and days of shorter daylight, moving towards Christmas, whatever it is. I get a little bit, oh, nostalgic, or I reminisce a bit. It's also because of certain things that happened in November, such as today, November 22nd. How well remember it? And many of you who are my age, Remember it. It's when President Kennedy was assassinated. I always think of that. I also pray for his soul, as we always do, for those who are deceased. But we also remember a very special person who passed away during this month of November several years ago. His name is Art Clifton. Art Clifton was our original producer and engineer. In fact, Art Clifton, together with his good friend Charles Cook, Charles Cook is still with us on this earth. Art is with us in a different way, of course, because he has passed on. Art and Charles got it all started for us here at Light of the East, and when November comes around, they always remember with a certain nostalgia, a certain sentiment, and certainly in prayer, Art Clifton, our original engineers and producers here at Light of the East, one of the ones that really went out ahead and got it all started for us. Thankfully, in God's providence and God's love, after Art passed on, immediately our current engineer, Armin Chavatari took his place. I can only see that as God's gift, God's providence, to continue this mission of Light of the East. Earlier this month, we also remembered, of course, the veterans who served our country. And only because of them can I sit here and talk to you in this way, in this medium of radio. We owe everything to our veterans in this country because without the protection of this country that veterans have given us over the years, we wouldn't have the freedoms. We wouldn't have the lifestyle that we have. So this November, at least for me, and maybe for you, or at least I invite it to be for you as well, is a time of remembrance. Remember those who are significant, those who have passed on. Remember them in prayer, especially those who have passed on, as we say in the Byzantine Church. May their memories be eternal. As you look back, we also look at the present and forward. 
And so I'd like to acknowledge some of you who have written to me recently, in particular, Linda Fullerton. Linda Fullerton wrote to me from Grover Beach, California. And Linda wrote a very nice letter about listening to Light of the East here and gave us some very fine words of encouragement. And she also sent a picture of an icon that she painted. And she called this the icon of Veronica's Veil. Well, Linda, I want to thank you for that reproduction of this icon. I suspected that you painted it. I looked at it and I thought to myself, I wonder if she painted it. Then I read your letter, the back part of your, of your letter, the card. It said, yes, I painted this icon of Veronica's Veil. I want to tell you something else, Linda. This Veronica's Veil actually has two names. One is the Holy Napkin. And the other one is the icon not made by human hands. And that icon in Byzantine churches is painted usually right above the altar. Usually in the sanctuary of Eastern churches, there's an arch that goes over the altar. And oftentimes, this painting that you call Veronica's Veil, and it's okay to call it that, of course. It's known by that in the West. This icon of Veronica's Veil, or the icon not made with human hands, usually is positioned in Byzantine churches over the top of the altar. I painted that myself in my own church. In fact, you can probably see that if you go to our website, byzantinecatholic.com, and click on the photo page there. So thank you, Linda, for your wonderful letter and for this nice reproduction of your icon. So keep at it, Linda, and keep praying for us as you promised in your letter. I want to thank all of you for listening to Light of the East. And as we are in November, as I mentioned, that means that we are deep into the Phillips Fast, that penitential preparation for the coming of the Messiah on Christmas. And we're going to begin very soon in the western lung of the church, the Latin Rite Church, the season of Advent, which of course is also the preparation for the coming of the Messiah. In this preparation, especially in the eastern preparation, as I mentioned, it's penitential, which means it would fall under that term that we use often in the eastern churches, spiritual warfare. That's right. The spiritual masters of the eastern church describe spirituality, the spiritual life, as basically warfare. Whenever we speak of spirituality, sometimes it, well, it can get the impression or it has a sense of something very nice, you know, very pleasant, you know, spirituality, you know, holiness. And it is that, of course. But also, it is at the same time a warfare. We come into all that good stuff only by, you know, the good stuff of spirituality that we often associate spirituality with. We come into that only by means of warfare, of stripping ourselves, divesting ourselves of that which is not our true selves and rising to our true selves. In the Eastern churches, there are some names in particular I want to recommend to you. We want to read up on them. There are actually two sets of fathers of the Eastern churches. The one set I'm going to call the Alexandrian Fathers, because Alexandria was a great center in the Eastern churches, that is today modern-day Egypt. Some of those names are Clement, Origen, Evagrius, St. Basil the Great, St. Gregory Nazianzus, St. Gregory of Nyssa, St. Athanasius, St. Maximus the Confessor, and St. John Damascene. There's many more, but those are some of the big names. And these fathers of the church were very good at articulating the dogma like what the Eastern churches actually believe. Now, the second set of Eastern fathers is what I'm going to call the affective or the mystical fathers, the theodidacts. <laughs> That's an interesting word, huh? Theodidacts, meaning they learned from a direct infusion of knowledge from God, a direct infusion of God's knowledge, theodidacts. We also call them mystics. They are St. Simeon, the new theologian, Pseudo-Macarius, St. Mark the hermit, St. Diodicus of Photica and St. John Climacus. I know these are maybe 
big, strange-sounding names, but they are some of the main names in the effective or mystical fathers of the Eastern Church. Again, not the only names, but there's some of them. The goal of the spiritual life, as these great fathers taught us, is a term called perichoresis. That is the mutual indwelling of the Holy Trinity within us. Another name for that is theoria theologica, which means God's pure infusion. In other words, our relationship with God is not just a head trip. It's not just about knowledge. It's not just about being well catechized and knowing your faith. That's part of it. Oh, we must know our faith. We must have good catechesis, yes. But there's a goal to that catechesis. We come to have knowledge of God so that we can come to draw closer to him in a personal way, that we can actually enter into and onto his very nature as he enters into and onto us. Now, that should not sound strange if we understand or think of the source and summit of our existence, which is the Eucharist. What happens in Eucharist? Remember, that's the center of everything, the source and summit. Source and summit, as the church teaches us. What happens in the Eucharist? The indwelling of the Trinity. The Trinity enters into us, and we into the Trinity. We fuse into each other without losing our respective identities. We fuse into each other in a way that is closer and more intimate than any other way possible on earth. Only in heaven can we get closer. And that's what happens through the Eucharist. So it should be easy to understand that the point of the spiritual life, especially as emphasized by the Eastern Fathers, is this perichoresis. Again, that's a Greek word, which means the, the, the mutual indwelling of the Holy Trinity. In other words, it dwells in us and we in them. Theoria theologica. In other words, theologica means like the ultimate contemplation of God's presence in us. In the Eastern churches, we have another big term. We're going to use a lot of big terms today. It's called epiphatic theology. There's epiphatic and cataphatic theology. Cataphatic means knowledge of God by learning about God. Like, for instance, as we mentioned, our catechesis, learning the dogma, the doctrine, the teachings of the church. But there's also then a learning that comes from a not knowing. It's a knowing that comes from not knowing. It's called epiphatic, meaning we can speak more of in terms of what God is not more than what he is. That's why in the Eastern churches, in our prayers, we use these negations. We say, God is immeasurable, ineffable, infinite, uncontainable. These are negatives that actually make a positive. In other words, by negating things about God, we are actually coming into a fuller and deeper awareness of his greatness, of his majesty, his magnificence, his glory. You see, if we try to put it all together in our head, if we think that we can adequately talk about God through words or even analogies or in our head, then that, in a sense, diminishes God because God is so much greater than us, so beyond any category. And that's why in the church we use, so oftentimes, analogies or metaphors because words, even exacting words, are still inadequate. We need exacting words, especially in theology, but they still are inadequate. And so we use metaphors, allegories, and negations. And this is, is particularly true of the spirituality of the Christian East. So the first thing to understand about this process of spiritual warfare is it has a goal, and that goal is our union, our participation in the very life of the Holy Trinity. More about spiritual warfare when we come back. I'm Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East.
Light of the East mission is Christianity's reunion. And to tell the story of the Eastern Lung of the Catholic Church, we need your support. In order to keep Light of the East on the air, you can make a donation now by going to ByzantineCatholic.com. That's ByzantineCatholic.com. And then donate securely using any major credit card. With your help, we can keep Light of the East's illumination bright. It's no secret that Father Loya and other speakers from the Tabor Life Institute are available to speak at your parish or group on marriage and family topics seen through the lens of St. John Paul II's Theology of the Body. Other topics include Eastern Christian spirituality and the significance of art in the church. The Tabor Life Institute can arrange for marriage encounters, parish missions, and can help your parish facilitate teen faith formation in either English or Spanish. For Father Loya and other speakers, contact the Tabor Life Institute by writing to taborlife at earthlink.net. That's Tabor spelled T-A-B-O-R life at earthlink.net. You're listening to Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. You are listening to the choirs of Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Church under the direction of Timothy Woods in Homer Glen, Illinois. This is the music you hear on Light of the East and is sung during the sacred liturgy at Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish. Order online at byzantinecatholic.com. All we ask is a donation of $15 or more, which includes shipping and handling, to Annunciation Parish for each Theosis CD. Send a check made out to Annunciation Parish at 14610 Wilcook Road. Homer Glen, Illinois, 60491. And may God grant you. Welcome back to Light of the East. I'm Father Thomas Loya, your host during this period of Philip's fast and soon to be the period of Advent in the Western lung of the church. A period of preparation and penance for both actually, but particularly the Eastern churches, a time to come to grips with spiritual warfare, which has a goal, as we said. That goal is a term perichoresis. There are other terms we'll use, which we'll get to in a moment. But it means that indwelling of the Trinity, that we open ourselves up through the ascetical disciplines to that indwelling of the Trinity. Theoria theologica is another word for it. It's an infusion, God's pure infusion into us. And this happens through, and here's another word, uncreated energies. Now, the uncreated energies in Eastern churches is something like what the Western church would call grace, God's grace. It's something that emanates from God that's part of him, but it's not his essence. A good analogy would be the sun. Think of the sun. We go outside in the sun, and we feel its warmth. The sun strikes our body. The sun's rays strike our body. Those rays come from the sun, from the the center, the essence of the sun. Now, we can never unite ourselves with the essence of the sun. The essence of the sun always remains beyond us. 
I mean, let's face it, we got anywhere near the sun, we'd be just be vaporized, it'd just be burnt. So what does happen, though, is we actually participate in the sun through the rays that emanate out from it, from its essence. The Eastern Fathers would call this the uncreated energies of the sun, so to speak, a kind of a metaphor. And so, too, with God. We cannot become God in his essence, but God so loved us as to want us to become partakers of his very nature. You know, he made us in his image and likeness that think of it as his rays, like rays of his energies come out from us. His uncreated energies come out from him toward us and enter into us and transform us. Just like the sun's rays transform our bodies. They give us vitamin D. They tan our skin. (laughs) They make us feel warm. It's a similar kind of thing. So this indwelling of the Trinity happens through the uncreated energies of God. And we strive to live, here comes another word, I warned you, a lot of big words today. We strive to live a life that is kenotic, meaning self-emptying, a self-emptying love. We want to empty ourselves so that those uncreated energies can enter into our soul, into, into our being. And if we can empty ourselves, we can also then contemplate, another word, at all times, God, infused in all dimensions and in all creatures of the created order. It is our knowledge of the Holy Trinity dwelling within us and within all things that is part of what we're striving for in this battle of spiritual warfare. So in other words, we have to get a lot of the stuff out of the way. It's like get the spiritual cobwebs out of our lives, out of our souls, in order to open ourselves up for that indwelling of the Trinity, those uncreated energies of God. And other words for this, here come some other words now, other words for this are theosis, divinization, and deification. These three words basically mean our ongoing growth into becoming like God. Now, not in his essence. If this kind of shocks you, well, you're in good company. Don't worry. I'm in good company because this is what the fathers of the church said. Fathers like Irenaeus, Athanasius, and Augustine. Now, you can't get any heavier hitters than that. And they all said that God became man so that man might become God. Now, not in his essence. In other words, we don't become God himself, but we become God in the sense that we partake of his very nature. We get grafted on. Again, just like that sun, we become part of the sun. The sun becomes part of us through its rays, its energies. And this is what theosis, demonization, and deification mean. And just think about that. Think about what a lofty, lofty destiny God had in store for the human creature. And again, it shouldn't surprise us if we go to the scriptures in Genesis where it talks about the creation of the human person. And what does it say? God made us in his image and likeness. Image and likeness, that's, that's very weighty stuff. That means that to look at us is to see God, is to see God reflected in us. Just like when you look in the mirror, you always see yourself, right? You don't see somebody else's image. You always see your image. That image in the mirror looks like you. It's the same thing with us and God. We are made in the image and likeness of God, which means we must, just by that alone, we must have some kind of very special lofty destiny. And that destiny is to be united with God, to become part of the very nature of God. In the Western church, they emphasize the beatific vision, to gaze upon the glory of God. And in the East, we have that as well. But as always, it's a matter of emphasis or how we articulate the same belief. 
In the East, the emphasis is very much not just on gazing upon God, which it is there in the East, but the emphasis is on actually participating in God. And you certainly see this in everything else the East does. In our liturgy, our spirituality is always about participating, entering into something, uniting us with something, not only gazing upon it, but uniting ourselves with it. If you're united with something, you see it as well. So yes, gazing upon it is very much a part of it. In the West, that's a strong emphasis. In the East, the emphasis is on that participation in something. Well, how do we get there? How do we get to all this glorious stuff that we're talking about here? It just seems so beyond us, so glorious. Indeed, it is. Because remember, our destiny and our origin was to be glorious. Well, that's the process of the spiritual warfare, which is what we call asceticism. Asceticism means dying to the fallen energies of our passions through fasting, through prayer, through the practice of virtues and the sacraments, so that we reach, and here comes another word, I hope you got your notepad out today, all these words, so that we reach a state of what the Eastern Fathers would call apatheia. Sounds like the word apathy, doesn't it? Well, it should. That's where we get the word apathy. Now, apathy for us means not caring about something. In other words, not having much emotion about something. Apathy is not a very good word. But the original word apatheia means something very significant for us. Apatheia means no longer bothered by the tyranny of our fallen passions, of concupiscence, as we might say in the West. Our passions are not bad. We need our passions because our passions, our drives, really are a drive for union with God. Even as Pope Benedict XVI said in his very first encyclical, Deus Caritas, he talks about eros, about that striving towards God. That's a true definition of eros, the Christian definition of it. We have these desires for love, for sexuality, for union, for for family, for fruitfulness, even for foods. All these things are really a desire for God, so they're good. But because of original sin, they have a fallen side, and they very easily go out of control, and they bring us down, and the rest of the world down with us. So breaking the tyranny of the fallen passions, not the passions themselves, but the fallen side of the passions, is this process of asceticism leading to apatheia, where we're no longer determined and driven by our fallen passions. And we do that, as I mentioned, especially through fasting and prayer. In this process, we want to move past, and here comes another word, get your pencils out, philatia, or philatia, which means the turbulence of self-love and the tyranny of our fallen passions. In other words, we want to move past all that egocentricism, that self-love, that narcissism. There is a good kind of self-love, but we're talking about the narcissistic kind, the philatia, as it says in Greek, the turbulence of self-love. See, these fallen passions have a certain turbulence. In other words, we're at unrest with them. I'm sure you feel that. I feel that too. Where you feel like you're, you know, you get angry, or you lose your temper, you feel tempted to lust, to impurity, to eating too much. You feel terrible, don't you? You feel like something's not settled in you. You don't feel at peace. There's a turbulence there. And the practice of fasting and praying and the practice of virtues also has another partner with it. Here comes another term, penthos, very important term in Eastern theology. It means the remembrance of death and the sorrow for sins. The Eastern fathers would tell us that if you think about your death and judgment for just a few minutes every day, I mean, really think about it, it would change your life. 
It would certainly help you in your spiritual journey and your growth of divinization towards apatheia and the perichoresis. Say, put all those words together in one sentence. (laughs) It would certainly help you think about it. Just think about it. If you knew today was your last day on earth and you're going to come before the judgment seat of God, never to return again, never to have excuses and do it over again, and gee, God, gee, I kind of blew it. Can you give me another chance? No, one shot at it. And we come before the fierce and judgment seat of Christ, as we say in the Byzantine church, and that judgment is eternal and unchanging. If we don't like it, too bad. It will be that way forever. That's an awesome thought, isn't it? Well, that awesome thought should draw us towards that struggle against the tyranny of our passions and towards our growth in holiness. So, lots of words today. Perichoresis, Theoria Theologica, Uncreated Energies, Kenotic, Theosis, all kinds of great words from the Eastern Fathers. But in the end, it means one thing. Die to our false selves to rise to our real and glorious selves. I'm Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. To hear Light of the East again, visit ByzantineCatholic.com and click on the Features and Programs tab. And on iTunes, Light of the East is produced by ADC Media. Thank you for listening. Next week, we will return to the light of the East. To learn more about Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish, visit our website, byzantinecatholic.com, where you will also find an archive of all of our programs. In order to continue Light of the East with its mission of Christianity's reunion, we need your support with a donation. Any amount will be a blessing. Please make out a check to Light of the East Radio and send it to Light of the East, 14610 Will Cook Road, Homer Glen, Illinois, 60491. That's Light of the East, 14610 Wilcook Road, spelled W-I-L-L-C-O-O-K Road, Homer Glen, Illinois. Or donate online on the homepage of ByzantineCatholic.com. From the Light of the East, a new dawn of unity is in sight. God bless you, go with God, and may God grant you many happy years. (laughs) 